If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time for you to get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit. A game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And it's Arabica. I'm so sorry for you. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly. I bet you're going to get this call a billion times, but I'll just add to the list. Arabica. Crunch, crunch. Hi, DLT. It's Arabica Coffee. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I had to pause the pod. Um, it's pronounced Arabica. The coffee. Arabica. Okay, crunch, crunch. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. You're probably getting a million calls about this. Isn't it just Arabica? Crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time. Mm, second time caller. Never played my first call. But... I think it's pronounced Arabica, not Arabica. But you know what? I don't know either. I don't even know how many I'm going to end up playing on the main show because there were so many people saying Arabica in a very, like, sad, regretful, sort of dry manner where they were like, I don't want to do this, but here you go. And yet you dialed the number (laughs) and yet you took the time. So you did want to do it. And will I ever have to say this word out loud ever again? No, I never had to. Me at Pex. One cold Arabica. Is your coffee Arabica? Everyone's like, what are you saying? You know what this word is good for and nothing else? Crossword puzzle. Crossword. And I'll remember it. And that's then I'll be done. Yes, for crossword. But guess what I don't have to do if I'm doing a crossword? Say the words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. I'll just say the words. I mean, that gives... When you read a word all a million times, but then you say it out loud for the first time and you're wrong. Ugh. I once pronounced posthumous wrong in a high school English class. I'd read the word a million times and I knew what it meant. Oh, and the teacher was a huge sorry bitch to me. Oh, <laughs> and God. I will never, I will never forget it for the rest of my bitch? life. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dwyer, shout out. Huge bitch. Oh. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. Oh, she was so mean to me. And then I saw her randomly in the grocery store like two years later when I was in college and she was so nice to me. And I was like, I'll never forget when you got mad at me for saying posthumous. (laughs) (laughs) Posthumous. It's like what I couldn't say pronunciation too on this very podcast. Pronunciation, yeah. Yeah, and and everybody was so mad. And it's like, okay, when am I saying that? (laughs) Except for on this podcast. (laughs) When am I saying that? Uh, okay, fine. Hi, weekly. Um, okay, I so just listening to you guys talk about Clay Halder. He's one of my number one, my top five odd celebrity crushes for me, and it started from 
you've iconically been me and Dave and confused. Um, but fun, two fun facts about him, because I have Googled him a number of times, so Paul Roberts. Uh, one, his grandfather or great-grandfather, like, started Warner Brothers. He's, like, the Warner from Warner Brothers. And then the other one is he's married to one of the twins from Sweet Valley High. And I can't remember which twin she was, but that's, like, incredibly silly in my opinion. Um, and very specific to a subset of women my age. Anyway, crunch, crunch. I'm less embarrassed about not knowing this via all of our research, which we did plenty. I'm not sure how none of this came up. Timmy? Timmy? Timmy's not getting his holiday gift. I'm just We're saying. Sending it back. No, it already got sent, so I can't take it back. <laughs> I'm going to bleep it, but <laughs> was already pre-ordered. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you're going to beep it. Uh, I'm going to beep I, it. I'm the number one it. thing that I'm bummed I didn't remember about Cole Hauser, although it's like probably the most important thing about him is that he was there when Matthew McConaughey was arrested for playing the bongos. I never knew anyone else was there. I always thought he was alone. I actually thought it was part of it that he was alone. That's what made it funnier to me. He was partying with fellow Days and Confused actor Cole Hauser, but neither of them saw the flashlight or the police. So was, no, was Cole Hauser naked and also playing the bongos or he's just like watching his friend? Cole Hauser is there. Sure. Yeah, he it's is. It's just not clear that he's like in the same room or playing bongos or whether or not he's naked. We assume that Matthew is the only one who's naked because it's the only one who's called out as naked. Well, he's the only one arrested too. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's he like, what arrest- are you doing in my house? <laughs> Get out of my house. Matthew refused to sit on the police in the police cruiser and told cops, fuck you. And the officer took him by the hair and need him. Oh, my God. Fuck that. He's just new trying to play bongos. But then he only paid $50. I never knew that part either. He just got a noise violation. Well, Cole Hauser was there, and I think that really is the most important thing. Uh, there are three things, right? He, His family descends from Warner Brothers. He's married to a Sweet Valley twin, and he played the bongos nude with Matthew McConaughey. Yes, because they were both in Dazed and Confused together and our friends. Hi, BLT. Long time, long time. Um, I was just listening to the amazing segment about Billy Porter and his ex-husband and their cockapoo, and I was gagged because... When you said that Adam was the one who wanted to name it Lola, Lola is the name of the character Billy Porter originated in the original Broadway cast of Kinky Boots. So it feels like Adam would want the dog not to be named Lola because Lola would remind him of Billy because that is Billy's most iconic Broadway role, one of the most iconic Broadway roles. Um, so I was just like, so I assumed that it was going to be Billy pushing to name the dog Lola. But the fact that it is Adam has me shook um i don't know what this adds to the custody drama but it's very interesting to me that adam would want the dog named lola okay women do belong in balloons bye you know what i think they should have named the dog what gabriel why because that's billy porter's character's name in the 2023 drama our son which I watched yesterday. No, you Which didn't. I watched yesterday. No, you didn't. Which I watched yesterday. You absolutely did not watch it. How'd you see it? Like a DVD delivered to you by hand <laughs> by like a man on a bike? You want to know how I saw it? How? I had to sign up for some fucked up service that's definitely stealing all of my data to get all of the email addresses at Vertical Entertainment because they're not listed anywhere. And they never sent a single press release out about this movie. I found the head of publicity, Bobby, got the no. email address Bobby, after signing no. up for everything, emailed no. the head of publicity. No. Within half 
an hour of emailing the head of publicity being like, <laughs> Hey, I really want to see it. Hey, I like, I want to watch this movie, but it's hard for me to see it. I got to see it by the time I record this podcast. I had the screener in my email inbox. And then I turned it on. I can't believe you emailed the head of publicity and he emailed back in 30 minutes on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Wait, actually, let me see exactly how long it took. It was, I emailed. Wow. Okay, in two hours. Okay, I, I overdid it. Wait, so you watched it? Our son. And? It was fine. No. It was actually it was actually not bad and I'm not bullshitting you. You, that's the... <laughs> This is like the, it's like the salsa all over again. I was sort of like, can't wait to laugh my ass off. And I was like, this is just kind of sad and a we'll little see. moving. And then like Felicia Rashad shows up and I'm like, how am I supposed to hate this now? <laughs> you know, like. It's just like so modern. It's like we're trying to lull and we like can't even lull because the movie <laughs> is like actually no, not even that so bad. It's like just boring true. and like meh and we can't even lull. We're trying to lull. It's Where all we are we want. supposed to lol? Like, we, I don't even know. What am I supposed to watch? Like an actual comedy intended for lolling? No, I don't want to do that. There's, there doesn't exist anymore. I turn on no hard feelings and I'm like, it really sucks that people are getting displaced from Montauk. <laughs> yeah, truly. No, truly. Truly. <laughs> like, this is really. And you're watching this her full frontal being like, wow, this must have been difficult for her to do. I wonder what the whole. <laughs> I hope the set was a safe space for her when she was naked. Truly, and we're supposed to be lolling, and we literally cannot find lols anymore in culture. Even the lollers aren't funny. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that you worked that hard to get our our fathers, and you didn't lol. Our sons. Our son. (laughs) You didn't lol. Do you want to be spoiled? It actually, I believe. Do I want to be spoiled? I don't today. think anyone else is even like able to watch this Allowed. movie. <laughs> it does look like it costs thirty dollars, but it's good. It's- and Billy Porter is good. Okay. At first, I'm like Billy Porter and Luke Evans do not have chemistry, but then they ended up having. They ended. Oh up, I was my like, god! I another. Ass- <laughs> I was like, this is so unbelievable. They don't have any chemistry, and then I was sort of like. They kind of do make sense together. I know. I think this is also a problem. This is like me watching any sort of Christmas movie now where I'm like, this is going to be so funny. I'm going to lol. And then the movie's like kind of good. And I'm like, oh. You're like, should I start going to church? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I'm like, Santa does seem like a fun thing to be involved with. And I and I do. I would love the smell of, of holly. Wait, does it smell? Whatever, Christmas tree. Actually, I don't know. I've never... I don't think so, typically. Okay. Do you have a tree? I do have a tree. It smells oh, nice. Okay. It smells well, nice. Well, must be nice. Some of us don't have access to that. <sighs> yeah, well, you have very cute menorah candles, I have to say. Okay, they're cute, but they're, you know, they don't smell nice. I know they don't smell, but they're they're. Do chic. they make menorah candles that smell? Because I feel like that would be... That's a really missed opportunity. Or is that like um, against religion or something? I don't know. That's not a question for me. I Googled it. Menorah candles we that got smell. Lavender scented. I see. I see. That's so nice. Okay. Somebody really has nice. the idea. All right. Candle that smells You're like, like vodka. I want Nobody pine wants that. scented menorah candles. <laughs> right. That's true. What menorah candles could I have that would smell like a, a very well, festively decorated fir tree? <laughs> also, it's very me because I'm like, when I was younger, I was like, can we do like Hanukkah lights right. around the bush outside? And my mom's like, like, fuck off. No. <laughs> they're like, they literally are like, I, fuck I off. I love this story. Fuck off. Please? They're like, no. And I'm like, but what if they were like blue and white like Hanukkah? And they're like, no. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> they never said fuck, fuck off to me. Off. No, I know. I know. 
Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Tinney. Not to be like so Dumois, but um, so my best friend went down to Miami for the art fair where artist, this is painter, Liz. Um, and she said that Camilla Cabello was um, hooking up with BLP Kosher. My friend is really obsessed with BLP Kosher. Who is BLP Kosher? She won't stop talking about him. I can't figure out who he is. Um, and I'm old. I feel old. She's only two years younger than me, but I feel old. She's, it, she's very Gen Z and I'm like cusp. Um, anyway, I hope you guys can do this research for me since it's kind of your job. Punch, punch. Is Camila Cabello hooking up with BLP Kosher? Well, okay, did you see, and I'm just going to connect these for a second, which I may okay. find a little sus. Camila Cabello was spotted hanging out with Drake. Did you see that? There are like videos yes. of them on a boat talking. Yes. Yes, and I saw all the awful tweets about it, too, and I don't want to repeat them. Okay, and the only reason I've ever heard about BLP Kosher is because Drake played Jew on the Canoe, a song that would not pass me by casually for <laughs> Bobby Altman in that iconic Bobby Altoff. Bobby Altoff. Wait, what's her name? Bobby Altoff. Bobby Altoff. Notice how she just like zipped up into the atmosphere, <laughs> never to be seen again. <laughs> she was raptured. This is definitely <laughs> she leftovers. Was, she literally Me, I'm was Carrie raptured. Coombe, like, what happened to her? What happened to her? <laughs> Crying in the grocery store. Bobby Altoff was in the car seat and now she's gone. <laughs> okay. Okay. He plays the song for her, Jew in the Canoe. And he's like, giving her Jew in the Canoe? And she's like, what? No. And he goes, he's playing the song and he goes, he's Jewish, like like me. And I'm like, okay, this is funny or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. And then I never investigated any further. But now I'm hearing that BLP Kosher is somebody that the caller heard was hooking up with Camila Cabello. It always comes back to Camila Cabello yeah. for some reason. Yeah. I also kind of feel like. It really always does. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. She's always there. Yeah. What she's doing, we're not sure. And I wanted to do one quick update. The last interview that Bobby Altoff did was three weeks ago, and it yeah. was with Jessica Alba. This is the problem. You gotta ramp up. You can't just like go to this. You can't just like host SNL for your first thing you ever do. Mm -hmm. It feels like this strategy did not work very well. And then it was like accused of being industry plant, but then it was also like, what? And then, you know, it was it was really Tate McCraying. Yeah. In the time since we first heard of Bobby Altoff as a podcast person, yeah. it, from June 1st to now, she's only released 12 episodes. Yeah. Also, my algorithm is like bombarding me with Tate McRae. It yeah. I literally can't stop hearing me say Tate McRae and serving me every single dance video this woman has ever done in her whole life. And she started dancing at like 13 publicly. What did Timmy say? I want to quote Timmy. He sent a tweet that said, I fear we accidentally entered a timeline where this was supposed to be Addison Ray, but something shifted and now it's Tate McRae. And Timmy said, the way I've literally been thinking that and I've been yeah. trying to put it into words. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely right. Like, like there he is... is right. There was a slot for this woman and it got taken. It was supposed to be for Addison Ray, and then it got taken by Tate McRae. I actually do think that the reason why Addison Ray is Addison Ray, Tate McRae is Tate McRae is because like Ryan Tedder is like writing Tate McRae songs and doing very mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Okay, that's not even yeah. important. I don't even really care. We're talking about BLP Kosher. Who could not be further from both Addison Ray and Tate McRae, which is like cool. He's 
weird. He's 23. His album is called Bar's Mitzvah, which did make me laugh. His bar mitzvah was in 2013, um, which is makes me cry. because <laughs> It was only 13 years ago. Oh, I've been seeing that since the research has been put in. And I just read it as Bar Mitzvah. And I was like, okay, so we called his album Bar Mitzvah. No, no it's Bar's, Bar's Mitzvah. mitzvah. He's... Funny, clever. No, no, no. Uh... So like, that's to, that's to say his thing is that he's from South Florida. He's from Broward County. Shout out Stephen Avalos is also from Broward County. His thing is being kind of inspired by these South Florida rappers like Kodak Black. Mm-hmm. But also he loves like a wordplay. And because he's his gimmick is that he's Jewish, or at least like mm-hmm. that's his kind of identity that he likes playing with, he's like dreidel gang. And he's like talking about kind of like Jewish stuff, but also peppering in like word play. And it is like kind of fun and kind of catchy. And I was listening to him and I was kind of like, what a weird guy, but enjoying it. I and mean, that's more than I could say for most. They're sleeping on me, I might leave their ass to El Dorado. Or maybe I'll just take the man and shove it to Morocco. Hogwash, he ain't gonna step without his goons. Swashbuckle, let him let the Jew on the canoe. I'm in a suit and Tasha tearing up my suit, tearing my suit. That sound proof that I'm a licensee by what this honey do. I mean, I was expecting comedy rap. And I was expecting something cringy. It's just, it's music. It's not comedy. No, it's music. I guess that's the distinction. I really expected it to be a bit, but it's not. I get why you might think it's a bit because this guy's out here being like dreidel gang. Like that mm-hmm. is not, you know, like that really is. That's why it gives not so surprising. And also, yeah. I have to say he has a very, uh, after a while you find it charming, but he's got a very charming underbite that kind of defines his whole facial expression where when he raps, his like lower jaw is just kind of like in stasis. And so he just mm-hmm. always looks like he's rapping through grimace. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get it. And he's also got beautiful double grills. So he's his smile is very, very smiley. BLP stands for Benjamin Landy Pavlon. Which is his name. Which I love. Kosher. Kosher. Benjamin mm-hmm. Landy Pavlon Kosher. Mm-hmm. I think physically, beyond the underbite, the most notable thing about him is that he has wicks, just like Kodak Black, because that's a South Florida thing. I kind of didn't dislike that because he he's playing off peyote, which I guess he had, which is like, you know, the curls that um, Hasidic Jews mm-hmm. have. So he's in a way and like, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion on whether they find this charming or not or whatever. Charming or appropriation. It. Yeah, sure. But I just think he in his mind, he's he's mixing cultures. He's he's being inspired by his inspirations. And I'm like, OK, I'm a, I'm. I'm interested or I'm 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 respectfully watching being like interesting. Wasn't the story that he had the peyote and then someone just took them and turned them into wicks? Like yeah. it wasn't like he didn't even have the peyote to be like he had those at first. He had the curls. No, that's what I'm saying. He's like I'm a Jew living in South Florida, hanging out with like rappers and I'm inspired by the look. To be fair, like you could also listen to his songs and be like, I'm not thinking it's funny when he says like, I'm passing the blunt to Anne Frank, which to be fair, like you're allowed to not think that's funny, but that is literally what (laughs) he's doing. To be frank, you're allowed to think that's not funny. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to make a pun. Oh my God. You're allowed to think that's not funny. And yeah, and you know, whatever. So now we know who... BLP Kosheras, I'll have played some music here a little bit. Regarding what the caller said about whether or not BLP Kosher is hooking up with Camila Cabello. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Sorry, I, just I don't want to do we're that. Back. This is where we're back here. Um, I don't want to do that, but they have been hanging out. Okay, Bobby, let's rephrase that. They have hung out at least once. You said they have been hanging out, implying there's oh, this sorry. like longevity to out. it. I'm saying like there are photos of them together, and I'm like they've hung out. And it is in her best interest to take photos with cool up-and-coming rappers. So it's like not mm-hmm. surprising to me that he's like, yeah, Camila Cabello. Right. He also We're- said I like Ariana Grande because she's from Boca. They done let the Jew on the canoe. That's a lyric from Jew on the canoe, in case you're wondering. How much of this same? Lindsay, what is Rakuten? Tell everyone. I use. I have Rakuten. I'm looking at it right now in my browser, but explain. You're good at explaining what Rakuten is because you love it. It's the smartest way to save money when you shop. Duh. No. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is, but I'm, you're not, I'm not really telling you what it is. That's what it does. It knows where you're shopping. It says, here's how to save money. It gives you cash back for all types of stores. Mm-hmm. Sephora, Macy's, Ulta, Adidas. I just actually got some cash back. I get it sent right to my credit card. It goes on my credit card as points, which is incredible. They partnered with over 3,500 stores across every category, beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, etc. You're already shopping online anyway, so why not save some money while you're doing it? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cash back rates change daily. Yeah, sometimes they're higher, sometimes they're lower. They have over 17 million members who are already saving right now. And Rakuten members have earned over $4.6 billion in cash back. Lindsay, was part of that you? Of course. And you can start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold, tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work? Having a blast in traffic? Having a blast while you file your taxes? No, really. We mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time, with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only. So don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 18 plus subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com and 61524. Void where prohibited. Hi, BLT. Um, I'm just calling because I saw that Vogue photographed Kat Dennings and Andrew WK um, because they got married. And while I personally love both of them, I'm kind of confused. Like, I didn't think that they were, like, at a Vogue level of fame where they would have been like included in any kind of photography session um you know andrew wk i feel like is like this weird kind of punk person who i'm obsessed with he's so funny and cat dennings is stunning and iconic indie girly but like i don't know can you discuss how did cat dennings and andrew wk get into vogue okay thanks crunch crunch uh, Vanessa Hudgens was just in Vogue. The Vogue digital wedding slideshow is not as impressive of a get 
as I guess it might seem on a surface level. I'm saying if you're surprised that Kat Dennings and Andrew W.K. are in vogue, you should also be surprised that Vanessa Hudgens and Cole, whatever his name, are in vogue. Right. Fair. This is actually very tough. Who is more famous? I actually want to look at the IMDb star meter. I, I would assume Vanessa Hudgens is a little higher, but Kat Dennings was on a network TV show for like five seasons. Yeah, Kat Dennings gives Kaylee Cuoco in that question mark, question mark way where you don't yes. feel like she's as famous yes. as she is. And... Mm-hmm. But Two Broke Girls was on for a long time and, like, for a long time. extremely popular. Like, if you're on a CBS show that lasts over three seasons, you're famous. Also, I have to say, Vanessa Hudgens married, like, a random baseball player to me. And Kat Dennings married Andrew W.K. in an unlikely an pairing. Musician. And as you know, unlikely pairings are kind of the most delightful pairings of them all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think it's weird. And also... According, uh, or so says our friend Kate Drees, Kat Dennings and Andrew W.K.'s Vogue wedding feature is maybe the first I've read where the couple comes off well. Maybe it was pitched in a way where it was actually like, this is a charming thing. She did a lot of DIY. They're a little bit off the beaten path of like what a Other wedding. Cele- yeah, exactly. Surprising celebrities are there in Macaulay Culkin and Brenda Song. Of course, because they're best friends from being mm-hmm. on Dollface together, which we've definitely talked about because I feel like people call, call about Brenda Song constantly. They're so mm-hmm. confused by Brenda Song. I love Brenda Song. Me too. Macaulay Culkin and Brenda Song are so cute together. We didn't talk about this, but the clips of from his star were really when he was crying and stuff because mm-hmm. he gave a very nice speech like kind of about her and like how she changed his life and like mm-hmm. that was very sweet and they were yeah. crying yeah and then i also saw the speech that oh uh, what's her face gave oh Catherine o'hara yeah that's yeah. the other yeah, yeah yeah that was really she was sweet. like i'm your fake mom and it's very even sweeter in the context if you know that macaulay colkin's family is like famously demons mm-hmm. full of demons his parents yeah, yeah, so the other thing that I yeah. think Lee, I don't know if you you or Timmy put this in here, but the fact that Kat Dennings did a lot of this, D- I mean, it's written about in the Vogue piece, but this photo of her DIYing the wedding is also impressive and adds another like sort of level to the Vogue profile. Yeah. I guess I'm just trying to like explain that I'm not surprised by this existing. If you read all of them as I as our friend Kate does, like every single word, it shouldn't shock you that there is a pretty huge variety of celebrities who get their wedding covered in Vogue online. And allow me to repeat myself, online. Right. Well, it's very funny because (laughs) this morning I saw a tweet that was kind of like, so you know that Sienna Miller is going to be on the cover of Vogue and somebody retweeted it and was like, for the amount this woman doesn't book, it's amazing how she still ends up on the cover of Vogue, essentially Mm -hmm. is what they were saying. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, that's so true because it really is like, there is this like, wide gap between like being on the cover of Vogue and selling magazines or whatever it is and the aesthetic and what Anna Wintour chooses versus being an actual celebrity or being an actual like working actor or whatever because (laughs) right Sienna Miller might as well be a model at this point in terms of how often she's been in Vogue it's not just media but I think about it more as legacy media But I think a lot of them has to do with relationships with people at the company. Because guess who also got a random glossy architectural digest video and spread recently? Sienna Miller. Remember her beautiful cottage? I think people in fashion and media just like her. That's what I'm saying. IMDb credits be damned, you know? (laughs) It's giving it girl. Even though like Sienna Miller's been in stuff and she is a good actress, it's still more giving like she's an it girl. We stand. Yeah, well. We we, stand. We do stand. 
but I'm just saying it is. What are you doing? Well, that's what I'm. <laughs> we stand, but burnt's on your known for. So, <laughs> you know. Right, and like, why is Vogue writing about like Sienna Miller's like pregnancy with like that random chocolatier guy? You know, I'm kind of like that's oh, our yeah. realm, not your realm. Yeah, that's so yeah. us. You know. Yeah. Also, I'm looking to see who her agent is. Yeah. She's she has literally the most powerful, at least in the pop really? culture sense, agent in Hollywood. Who would it be if I said the most powerful agent in Hollywood? Ari. Yeah, Ari Emanuel. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that this is a this is a woman who knows everyone. Yes, yes. She yes. she got the greatest con. She doesn't have to act and she's <laughs> and she's getting so much work. <laughs> That's so true. So come back to uh this Vogue piece, mm-hmm. right? It's very sweet. And somebody made a, or I think I saw another comment that was like, why are Brenda Song and Macaulay Culkin in so many of these photos? It's because there was only 15 people at this wedding. And I'm sure a lot of them were more civilians. So they were like, okay, so we're going to feature our friends who are already famous a lot because there's only like 15 people here. And they're loving mugging for the camera too. They're they're loving when the camera's on them. They're having a great time. Kat Dennings or Vanessa Hudgens? I did the research. Vanessa Hudgens is higher on the star meter mm-hmm. currently. But yeah. do you think, who do you think is themier? Kat Dennings or Vanessa Hudgens? Two recent Vogue spreads. Vanessa Hudgens. Like Vanessa Hudgens has like a fandom kind. Like Vanessa Hudgens ha- and she's hosting and she's like, she's more places. Like I guess it's what we're saying is Kat Dennings is not is more famous than you would think, but I don't, I still don't think she's as famous as Vanessa Hudgens for sure. Okay. If, the, if you're going to give me a direct comparison, I don't know. I didn't want to, I, th- I think you thought I was going to gag you, but then I kind of didn't. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> you know, two broke girls isn't on her known for interesting. I mean, that's a question for the sad Oscar buzz. What is on her known for? Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. Yes. That's a big one. Thor, Thor two. And, Charlie Bartlett. Oh, I hate that. Well, movie. Nick and Nora's is kind of the is the is the garden state of a of a certain generation. It's a garden state for a micro generation yeah. of millennials. Yeah, a lot of a because lot garden of state was ours, and then love that slightly younger millennials. It's Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Who right. was the hilarious drunk friend in that? Is it Ari Grainer? Yes, who is good in everything she does, and yet, yeah. what is she doing? You know. If you haven't seen For a Good Time Call, oh, that's a funny movie. Fucking incredible. Also, that is her, a funny her known movie. for is Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Ari Grainer? Yeah. Is Sopranos on there? No, it's not on here. Oh. Whip It, Disaster Artist, and What's Your Number? Oh my God, not What's Your Number. I hated What's Your Number. What's Your oh, Number? Oh, and I hated The Disaster Artist too. But Whip It's cute. Whip It is so cute. Can we move on? Ooh, yeah, why are we still? How did this end up know. on Ari Grainer? Oh my I God, I love this woman. My favorite call of the week. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, calling from L.A. I was in my friend's car the other day with a Sirius XM subscription, and we put on some holiday songs, and Elizabeth Chan, Mary Mary came on. And it just sounds like a total AI-generated song. So I Googled Elizabeth Chan. Apparently, she markets herself as the queen of Christmas, and she's written over 1,000 Christmas songs. Can you please look into Elizabeth Chan for us? Thank you. Elizabeth Chan is my new favorite woman. <laughs> Wait, who is this? Okay. I had never heard of this woman. I somehow missed all of the hubbub regarding this lawsuit that I will get into in a second. 
And as someone who likes Christmas music, I'm actually not listening to as much Christmas music as I would have liked to this season. It's not hitting for me this year. And the I don't know what season that is. just started. No, I typically start listening to Christmas music on November 1st. And it just wouldn't take this year. Well, here's a tip. Find yourself a Dwayne Reed and you can hear <laughs> all the Christmas music that you desire. Okay. <sighs> That's true. Sorry. You have a little, a, a little device walking around letting me know when there's Christmas music on, like a Nielsen device or something. Yeah, like a, like a, um, the detector for freaking uh, earthquakes, you know? Like, I just yes. feel like it's everywhere right now. My friend just got, you know her, Nielsen's obsessed with Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Nielsen is obsessed with the, Rebecca. She's been carrying around her little, like, radio meter, the, the, the Nielsen meter, like the, the, the Nielsen no. no it's called like a portable people meter no and it like measures radio and television and you just carry it around wait it hears it it hears like secret waves within radio and television that tells Nielsen what people are listening to and watching what and they've been doing this forever and they send you literally one dollar I was at her apartment yesterday and she goes, look, and she pulls out an envelope and it has one crisp dollar bill in it. And I was like, you're doing the Nielsen meter again. And she was like, I'm back. And she just carries it around with her in all of her bags. And she's been doing it for, I would say, approaching 10 years, if not more than 10 years. Wait, so basically Nielsen's results are just our friend Rebecca. It's just Rebecca. Where, but Rebecca is a, a, a gal about town. She does go to a lot of places. I'm just... It's not about her going to a lot of places. I'm just saying, like, her taste is her taste. Like, we're just getting Rebecca through the through the ages. It's supposed to get what's around. Like, even when you go to the grocery store. Literally, when you go to Dwayne Reed. God, you know? that's so crazy. And then the little Nielsen. I would leave this thing at home all day. Rebecca's a good person for this. I would just forget it and be like, my little radio. Just hear me talking. It looks talking. like a pager. The radio it's would really be like, cool. Nielsen would be like, we're not really getting much from Lindsay. We just keep hearing <laughs> this woman talking. <laughs> Who Weekly is the most popular show in the country. Yeah. <laughs> We're hearing a one-sided conversation, which seems like it might be the podcast Who Weekly, but, you know, it's all she listens to. Okay. Elizabeth <gasps> okay. Chan. Who this is call, this? Who is this? This is a woman named Elizabeth Chan who is the queen of Christmas. Ten years ago, maybe a little bit more than ten years ago, she was working at, where did we just mention? Condé Nast. She's a New York girly through and through. Working at Condé Nast says, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. What do I want to do? I want to be a Christmas musician. And then oh, she goes, God. problem is, I don't make music, but I want to learn how to do this. <laughs> the official like profile of her that a lot of people cite that's in The New Yorker, she goes, in 2012, Chan quit her job as an executive at Condé Nast to pursue her dream of creating a great Christmas standard, a song like White Christmas, that would be sung year after year for generations. There were obstacles. Though Chan had a good voice, she wasn't a professional songwriter. I'm sorry, what? It's so random. They don't explain, like, I've always loved Christmas. I've da-da-da-da-da. She just says, I want to make the new Christmas standard, and this is my dream. And her husband and the rest of her family, they're like, we support okay, you, Okay, well, Mama. you're we going to have to be a, a white Jewish guy living in the 1960s if you want to well, make a Christmas. And, like, I'm just saying, like, that's Well, no, problem. she brings that up later because she's like, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas with You is supposed to sound like it's from the 1950s, but I don't want to do that. She's like, I'm not doing nostalgia. So she just starts writing music. Okay. And recording music 
and then getting a Kickstarter so that she can record her first album. Release, 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 release. And eventually they start popping up on the adult contemporary billboard charts. And then she starts getting more attention. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. She's like releasing, 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 releasing. And then they end up on the charts just enough to get her attention. To the point that she started doing some like Christmas in July event where she would like sing Christmas music in the middle of the season because she's also so obsessed with Christmas that her house is permanently decorated for Christmas. She got a New York Times profile about this. She's so scary to me. So she's like obsessed with Christmas. She's sort of like a minor New York celebrity, not a huge celebrity by any means, but like she is performing Christmas music throughout the year. And writing Christmas music throughout the year, she tells the New York Times like a couple of years ago that she does so many collabs with brands and writes so many songs, including ghostwritten songs for other people. She didn't give any details about that. I'm like, that's a big piece of the puzzle. She's ghostwriting music for other people um, that she makes in the quote high six figures a year. I can't deal with this feature about her apartment in the real estate section of the New York Times called Why the Queen of Christmas Refuses to Leave Battery Park City. Well, that's where she's from. I know, but that's such a a random way into this crazy woman's story. The more interesting thing is why the Queen of Christmas refuses to take down her Christmas decorations because that's what the main issue is. Right, sure. Also, first of all, this opening of the New York Times real estate section story is really funny. Just like listen to this explanation. Elizabeth Chan, 42, occupation, composer and performer of Christmas songs, a new perspective. Quote, when I became a mo- when I became a mother, my music changed immediately because suddenly the story of the birth of Jesus and the story of trying to find a place for the baby became very relatable. <laughs> so she's Stop. like a little Looney Tunes, but it seems like in a fun way. Anyway, so here's the reason why this person is calling. Uh-huh. When you Google her, as this person did, because she's like, I've never heard this voice before. I've never heard this music, but it's playing on Sirius XM nonstop. Who is she? You will see stories about her being, quote, the Queen of Christmas. Right, of course. She has referred to herself as the Queen of Christmas for years. She called one of her albums the Queen of Christmas. So when Mariah Carey tried to file a trademark for Queen of Christmas last year, she found out about it and got a lawyer and put an end to it successfully. She goes, when you are the most prolific artist writing Christmas music, you get called Queen of Christmas. It is an honorary title. When someone wants to trademark it, take it out of the public domain and turn it into private property, my feeling was, I can't let that happen. Oh my God. And then I'm sort of like, was that expensive to go after Mariah Carey? That's a rich, famous person with good lawyers. How, are you, how did you stop them? Then I found another story. I think this was within the real estate piece in the New York Times, this is crazier. Like you had to get all of this information from random stories. The cost of litigating a trademark can be huge, but Chan's attorney, Louis W. Tompros, said his firm, Wilmer Hale, took the case pro bono because they viewed Carrie's application as an example of classic trademark bullying. She's a legend. Also, her music's very weird.
as you're talking, I'm listening to you, but I'm also looking to see if any of the music that she's written has actually been put out by other artists because you're saying that people are filling their albums with Christmas music. Where is it coming from? She's claiming she is, but none of the, she, I don't want to out ASCAP? the artist. Well, no, because it's not, I don't want to out the artist that I wrote Christmas songs for, but yes, I have. That's what's bothering me where it's like, she's claiming to have written these Christmas songs for big artists, but I'm kind of like, prove it, bitch, you know? So she says she's written thousands of Christmas songs. She only has, I mean, only, she has like 60 something on ASCAP. But I can't find any for non-Elizabeth Chan performers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I think that also that might be? Maybe she's not. When she says she's ghostwriting Christmas music for other artists, what it could be, because she told the New York Times she makes a lot of her money from like partnering with brands for Christmas stuff. It might literally be like melodies for Christmas music in ads or something. Mm, maybe. But you're right. It's it's weird. If she wrote for Ariana Grande, she would want that credit and she would want that money, you know? And if that's not popping up on ASCAP, then... I'm sorry. I don't know. Her song is... She's a song called A Christmas Song, right? Oh, yeah, and it's I know like, how many Christmas references can you fit in one song from other mm -hmm. places? And the song is like, I want to deck the halls, fa-la-la-la, jingle bells, it's silent night, together on a sleigh, all is calm and bright. Whenever I hear a Christmas song, blah, 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 Santa Claus, you're what, do you hear what I hear? The sound of Christmas bells, and come ye holy night, hark the herald angels, and sing the first Noel. I'll be home for Christmas night, I want to deck the halls, fa-la-la-la-la. I'm obsessed with her strong-arming her way into this title and honestly making it undeniable. Like, she has written over a thousand Christmas songs and she plays Christmas music all the time. Like, Mariah Carey has one sleigh one, which no disrespect to her, but sleigh I understand one. why she's like, no, I've been calling myself Queen of Christmas. It gives me Lady A vibes. What it does give me is the kind of Michael Jackson King of Pop vibes where, do you know the story, Michael Jackson, like, when he was at a lower point in his career before the future lower points in his career they mm -hmm. were like he should just start calling himself the king of pop like for just just he should just start doing it like they're with mm -hmm. no kind of and and they basically paid people to call him the king of pop or they were like it became part of the requirement to have him be part of something they'd be like you have to introduce him as the king of pop and then it stuck yeah. it worked and it became a thing and it was like yeah, obviously there's no reason to that. You just start doing it and it becomes the thing. It becomes real. It becomes the thing. Yeah. You establish it and it becomes real. Mm -hmm. Adding insult to injury, Carrie also wanted to trademark Princess Christmas. That cut close to the oh, bone yeah. for Chan, her five-year-old daughter, Noelle. She also has a daughter thematically named Eva, Eva, is known as the Princess of Christmas, complete with a website and book, not to be confused with Carrie's book, The Christmas, the Princess. Christmas Princess. The way that Mariah Carey is fighting with a woman she's definitely never heard of is very funny. Like, yeah. Mariah Carey's lawyers are keeping her from knowing who this woman is. Elizabeth Chan. You forgot the next quote after revealing the Christmas Princess. Elizabeth goes, I looked at my daughter. Chan said in a podcast on her lawyer's website, nope, hilarious, <laughs> quote, I wanted to protect what Christmas looked like for her in the future, <laughs> where she's like, I'm doing this for my like generational comfort. <laughs> she's so funny. 
The fact that she's making significant money off this is the real gag because it's like clearly this is her work. So there is something worth protecting. It's not just like a crazy lady like obsessed with Christmas, like being nuts yeah. and wanting to sue Mariah Carey. But it really is uh, an interesting case. And I don't and I don't want to pretend like I know how like streaming royalties work. She's charting on like Billboard Adult Contemporary stuff during the Christmas season. Like she's getting Billboard attention for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like charts wise and like editorially wise, they're writing about her as like mm-hmm. she's appearing on the charts underneath the Kelly Clarkson song, whatever. But when you look at her listen count on Spotify and YouTube, they're not high. So I'm sort of like, where are people listening to this? And I kind of think it's because of her strategy of like quantity over quality, where she's like. I'm just going to release so much and blanket the genre with this that it appears on, like the caller found it, on Sirius. Yeah, it's kind of giving algorithm. It's 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 giving like passive listening, like an abundance of passive listening, which is a strategy. Right. You're just searching like fa-la-la and it's coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm listening to Christmas radio on Sirius XM. How many millions of people do you think are listening to Christmas radio on Sirius XM or Pandora? It's probably an insane number. Millions. Millions. And the the Pentatonix Christmas Deluxe album is just, it's only, you know, 16 tracks. I just... So. Oh, you're saying, Lindsay, what about the one from 2017? Well, that's only 16 tracks, too. You're yeah, saying, what's the one tracks. coming out in a few weeks called Pentatonix The Greatest Christmas Hits? Oh, well, that's 31 tracks. <laughs> mm-hmm. 31. We already talked about this. Fuck, we already talked about this. We did. We talked about it. We already talked I think about two this. Weeks ago. Because there's two kiss weeks from ago. a ro- there's kiss from a rose on here. How did I get back Which to Pentatonix? <laughs> Just when you think you're out, they pull you back. They in. pull me back <laughs> in with their beautiful harmonies. Um. Anyway, next call. How much of this same? Let me guess. Your medicine cabinet is crammed with stuff that doesn't work. You still aren't sleeping. You still hurt, and you're stressed out. That's how it was for us. So we cleared out our cabinets and reset our health with CBD from CB Distillery. I like CB Distillery because I like CBD, but not all CBD. Mm. Sometimes you take CBD and you're like, yeah. this didn't do anything. Fair. You're like, did this do anything or didn't it do anything? Mm-hmm. I honestly can't tell. And then mm-hmm. sometimes when you take CBD that works and you feel something, mm-hmm. you're like relieved. Mm-hmm. And CB Distillery, I'm like, okay, this is actually working. A little drip drip into the tea before bedtime? Into the tea. CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality clean ingredients. No fluff, no fillers, just pure effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. I like it for sleep. That's what I use CBD for. And this one's a little dripper. You can a little drip drip yeah I a little like drip dropper turmeric tea you know Ooh, I love a little drip tea. drop if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief make the change like we did to cb distillery and with over two million customers and a solid 100 money back guarantee cb distillery is a source to trust we have a 20 percent discount to get you started visit cbdistillery.com and use code who for 20 percent off that's cbdistillery.com code who cbdistillery.com you know that bobby and i live in new york city and if there's anything we like talking about other than like you know, what are the hot restaurants? It's apartments. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools that make it much easier when you're looking for a new home. I could talk about apartments for hours. <laughs> Where? What's in it? What do you want? How much? Landlords? Blah, what are your blah, mandatories? Blah. Laundry and building? 
Oh my God, you have a washer and dryer in the unit? Never heard of such a thing. Oh my goodness. I don't need it. But you know, I do need dishwasher. You and I do need. Oh, I take a dishwasher. I take a dish. Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, I take a dishwasher over a washer and dryer in a heartbeat. In a in washer a, dryer. In a New any York day. minute, baby. Any day. Do you need a balcony? No, I find balconies overrated. I think they're a scam. I think balconies are a scam to make people feel like they have extra value. Maybe you're like, no carpets. Maybe you're like, I need hard floors. Maybe you're like, I have a pet. I need somewhere to put my pet. These are all the things that you need to know when you're looking for an apartment. And using apartments.com means you can filter in and filter out whatever you want Mm -hmm. and you don't want when you're searching for apartments. And that is crucial. Features like favorites has the listings that stood out to you so you can revisit them and won't lose what could be an amazing future home. Visit apartments.com. The place to find a place. Imagine upgrading your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for 50 bucks, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. You know what I recommend from Quince? I got a classic organic per sale duvet cover. I got it in, what color did I get it in? Sand? It's a mm-hmm. nice earthy, it's not white, but it's it's a nice off-white sand. It's great. That sounds amazing. It is amazing. I love it. It's very comfortable. Quince is very well known for their washable silk. I have a piece. I have a skirt, washable mm-hmm. silk skirt. And there's nothing like, again, I know we keep saying washable silk, but there's really truly nothing like washable silk because silk is really hard to take care of, good silk. And you can wash Quince silk. Mm-hmm. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices in premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com who for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. Wow. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash who. I want to be famous. Hey, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, just wrapped up a gay weekend, which entailed the incredible Miyazaki film, Scene May December on Netflix, and then the inevitable after gay bar music video roulette. Um, the funny thing was Ariana Grande break up with your girlfriend. I'm bored. Came on, and we all were like, "Oh my god, Charles Melton is in this." And in my opinion, he's going to be a future Oscar winner, not only nominee, but I think he's going to win. But we were like, "See, got." Him and Ariana. I mean, him and Ariana should date. They should break up with SpongeBob. And I think she should date him. So, anyways, crunch, crunch. I love how gay those call us. Just sort of like <laughs> aimless it's like, references. Had a great gay funny. weekend. Saw May December. Went to the music video bar. Gonna call Saw the new Miyazaki. Really cool. <laughs> Randomly talking about like the details of a music video that's more than two years old. <laughs> anyway, love this caller. Love this call. Plenty of people have been calling about Charles Melton since May December came out. Well, wait. So it's like, have we been holding? We've been holding off on talking about him because we're like, out. yeah, yeah, and like kind of the the star meter is rising. The the what is his star meter? Can you look it up? For comparison's sake, Ari Grainer is fourteen twenty three. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens we... is seven forty. It's so mean to compare him to Ari Grainer. 
Charles Melton is. I bet he's in the top 20. Okay, I was close. He's number 30. Okay. That's ban- that's bananas. Charles Melton, number 30 on the star meter. Because everyone's talking about May, December. Right. The name on everybody's lips is going to be Tate McRae, Charles Melton, Jacob Elordi. Who else? Austin Butler we're still somehow talking about. Paul Mezcal we're still talking about in that in the same breath. He has a special something to him because I do think unlike uh, the Jacob Elordi, uh, you know, euphoria jump and Austin Butler being in Carrie Diaries, it's not as significant. It's much closer to Austin Butler, though, than Jacob Elordi. Yes, but I'm saying both of them are getting that same. Na- All three of them are getting this narrative, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. they were doing this thing that was like. More It's like, how do you think that stars are made? Do you remember what freaking... Remember when Leonardo DiCaprio was on the love boat? You know, like, this is like what <laughs> Remember when he was in Critters do. 3 or whatever? Yeah, like, all actors started somewhere else or whatever. I guess my point is, is like, people are more obsessed with him coming from Riverdale than, I think, any of those other things because I think Riverdale, first of all, didn't end that long ago, so it's really close. Like, yeah. it's not like... They ended Riverdale. He got he grew up and now he's in this big movie. It's like the jump is so recent and Riverdale people are like kind of gagged by it because it just the show just ended. You know, he's playing an incredibly dramatic, meaty adult role. Right. In a, in a not an indie film, but in a Todd Haynes film, which is also kind of an add and adds another yes, element of an art of. film. And it's way I mean, it's that's why I say it's closer to the, the Austin Butler from Carrie Diaries to Elvis than it is Jacob Elordi from Kissing Booth to Priscilla or Saltburn Kissing or whatever. Booth, yeah, because right. it's like these this is like a decidedly like awards hungry movie in a way that I don't know that even Priscilla is Priscilla seems very much just sort of like Sofia Coppola is just making a movie that she wants to make like right, right, if right. it gets awards attention great and if not whatever like this is just like in the conversation in a way that oh, Elvis was we're also always talking about like who are the next movie stars and like what happens when you know we can't be like Tom Cruise Mission Impossible like mm-hmm. what and I, th- but I think this is kind of the answer to that, or or not the answer, but just kind of like us grasping at like star stars, like star mm-hmm. power. St- you know, where where are our stars? Like, mm-hmm. oh, could it be Charles Melton? Oh, could it be Jacob Elordi? So charming. Oh, Timmy Chalamet. Like, could it be him? Like, what about him? Mm-hmm. Like, I I like it that it's the answer to that. We have to stop complaining about it and do something about it, which is like these casting directors need to get their shit together and start doing the Charles Melton glow up, which is mm-hmm. we're going to take this guy who was on Riverdale and put him in, the, in a in a movie where he can really shine and be great. And it's like, OK, cool. Now this is how you make a, a movie star or whatever by this process. And I also think that like this is the weird, random, I don't even think predictable, I think totally unpredictable case of a really good movie premiering on Netflix being good. <laughs> being like good for the movie and good for culture because usually when this happens i'm sort of like oh it's getting lost in the shuffle no one's gonna see it oh they should really see this in the theater you know like i think that that's very true of most movies see them in the theater but like everyone is talking about this movie and even people who are like i'm offended by the concept of this movie but charles melton is incredible you know like this is bringing the Riverdale viewers to the movie. I agree with you, but I also think it's so funny because Netflix brings on the people who are like, wait, where's the ending? <laughs> like, if this movie had just been in the Angelica and didn't 
end up anywhere until right. the Oscars, until like it was actually out on like VOD right. or whatever. Right. I think this conversation would be completely different. I think people wouldn't have been freaking out about Charles Milton the way they're freaking out about Charles Milton. So we've got Charles Milton. He was on Riverdale. He mm-hmm. was in American Horror Story Hotel. He was in uh, the Break Up with the Girlfriend on Board music video. <laughs> Timmy remembers uh, this bloody photo of him. Uh, it was popular on Tumblr. Oh, my God. Where was I? I guess I'd already left Tumblr by then. I think I left Tumblr by the time Hotel was on. I don't remember this, but he actually replaced somebody on Riverdale. He replaced Ross Butler. Remember the actor Ross Butler? Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. He replaced him. So he wasn't even the original Reggie on mm-hmm. Riverdale. He replaced him. And then I think I got, got a little bit lost in the shuffle. He dated... Camila Mendes, his co-star. Mm. He dated Chase Wee Wonders, a.k.a. the same girl Timmy's that dated number Pete, one fave. Pete Davidson, Timmy's number one fave, mm. who was in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Very good actress mm-hmm. herself. I love and Chase Wee Wonders. made it all the way through the Riverdale show without any sort of kind of drama on the side that no. anything would break out of Tumblr that we would maybe know about. I thought this New York Times profile of him, Meet Charles Melden, the Melton, I keep saying Melden, keep Charles Mel, meet Charles Melton, the breakout star of May, December, was a pretty good 101 on him. It got mm-hmm. to where he's from and, and his origin story and how he started acting and how he kind of perceives things and his family life and all of that. The story about how he started acting is also very, I think people are now more than ever obsessed when the hot new thing doesn't have nepotism in the background. Right. He just went to uh, audition and they called him back. Yes. I went to yeah. an audition in Kansas. Right. You know, he because... drove to a talent showcase. His mother emigrated from South Korea. His dad is American. They ended up in Kansas after Alaska. But I don't want to be in Kansas. I want to be an actor. And his dad was like, best of luck, sweetie. All you're going to be able to do is martial arts. And then he was like, I want to do what I want to do. And it worked. Right. If you listen to interviews with him and he's doing a bunch of interviews, like his voice, he's so soft spoken. Like he's, it's just like, I think we were talking about this in the Patreon, the way that the hunk image or like the archetype of the hunk, as we understand it right now, is like evolving in front of our eyes. Hunk always changes, like it's reflective of culture, but like, the hunk is kind of becoming like a softer boy, you know, like yeah. a more soft-spoken. Are you saying this is the like this is it's the, the anti-Marvel to the yeah. Marvel? Yeah. yeah, we're all we're all like being like Chris Pratt. We preferred you when you were on Parks and Recreation. Yes. We didn't want you to grow muscles. muscles. We're sick of that. Yeah, and it's not like Charles M- Melton yeah. isn't like muscular. I'm. This is really less about the physicality than it is the vibe. True, he is muscular. I'm thinking of specifically Austin Butler and Charles Melton, they are kind of sensey boys, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're thoughtful. They're quiet. Everything they're saying is like considered. They just try to be alluring in that way as opposed to a gruff way. Well, it's kind of, yeah, it's a, it is maybe a little bit of the backlash to kind of the like big boisterous Robert Downey Jr.'s of it all, right? The kind of boys boy energy, Mm -hmm. you know? (sighs) Who were like other Marvel hunks or like DC hunks? It's like Ryan Reynolds and like even Michael B. Jordan. There's a sort of studied sexiness to them and there's a sort of like kookiness. Yeah. And I think that that's really interesting to watch. We're watching this evolve in real time. Mm-hmm. What we mm-hmm. think a hunk is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one explanation for him getting so much attention. It's like, oh, a different kind of hunk. 
he's feeding into all of it too oh, like, in yeah. a way like very specifically like there is a little yeah. bit of a kind of like he knows where he is right and he's respecting mm-hmm. kind of that right yeah I can't say that I've seen a lot of his press before this movie press, so I am curious if it's like if it's shifted a little. Like, what's his you know Riverdale vibe like or whatever? I'm sure River Riverdale stands will know more than than we know about like what his kind of mm-hmm. vibe was when he was doing that. But also, he's young, mm-hmm. so you know, right? How old he's he? 32. He's 32, and he's playing older. And oh. the other thing that's I think another thing that's gagging people. He's oh. he's actually he's not playing that young. older in the movie but i think very convincingly and that's the whole like oh he changed his body for it so we got we get that he changed his body for the role but it for some reason it's not like offensive <laughs> so many times when people change their body mm-hmm. for a role it's like a problem for a lot of people and no one has a problem with charles melton like putting on a few extra pounds to play a convincing dad in georgia right okay so he booked riverdale six years ago so six years ago he was 26 okay well so he was an adult Mm-hmm. My favorite detail about him that's not in the research that I vaguely remember from when he was first appearing on Riverdale. Yeah. They brought this up when we first talked about like the Riverdale cast. I mean, I'm quoting the LA Times here. I don't know how they confirmed this, but I trust their fact checking. I trust Amy Kay in LA. This is an Amy Kaufman story from 2019. Mm-hmm. He was the top rated employee of uh-huh. WAG. Remember that app, WAG? That's, yeah. Wow, that's funny. Have a good day at work, Olivia Wilde, because it's Olivia Munn's dog walking app. Right, so he was the top-rated dog walker on the app. Um, Not to be whatever, but he's pretty hot. And if he was walking my dog and I got to look at him and he's like, stars, thank you, sir, I would stars. also be like, I'd be like, mm, come back and walk my dog yeah. anytime. It's funny because I do feel like if you go back in time to the Riverdale energy, that he's more like outgoing there too like i think that different this movie made i think he is kind of well well terry gross you know it's very (laughs) right that's what i'm that's what i'm saying so i'm not saying like i'm not going to assume he this is not a little bit of a put on because i do feel like he is four years ago he's doing 10 things charles melton can't live without gq and he's he's giving energy you know but now he's he's looking at one of those things is headphones He's looking at the vibes. He's looking at the landscape and he's saying, this is all about Sensi Boy. This is all about, oh, I have to talk about the way that I audition. I'm sorry. One of the things he he can't, Charles Melton can't live without. I got to send you this screenshot right here. You're Mm going to laugh. This is great. You should save this for later and post it somewhere. One of the things, okay, this is uh, from the GQ video, top 10 things Charles Melton, four Four years years ago, ago. 10 things Charles Melton can't live without. And one of the things, to be fair, it's not this specific book. It is poetry broadly, but he's holding a book of Maya Angelou poems. <laughs> it's just, I mean, this is the gag. It's always like, this is a this is a viral tweet where it's like, one thing a man in GQ is going to do is like, hold a paperback classic, hold right? And be like, I carry so this true. around. Like, of course, he's holding a book of Maya Angelou poems. Like, this is part of the playbook. This is what these guys do. It's a performance. It's impressing people. It's like, look how smart I am. Like, look at yeah. the people that I respect. Right. Like, it's like a straight man's hinge profile or something. Someone commented, most celebrities flex their expensive stuff. Charles, I love my brush. I brush my hair with it. Because <laughs> one of the things is just his brush. It's like, remember the photo of Jacob Elordi, <laughs> like, with 600 books in his pockets, like, at the airport? It's like, they oh, love doing God, this. God, it was, like, ridiculous. Ridiculous. They love doing this. It's like... They love to be like, we read. Yeah. It's like, okay, fine. 
we speaking of like punks, I mean, we haven't even seen the the iron the iron claw. claw. What is it? Claw yet? What is Zach doing? Sensi boy stuff. But we're still giving hunk. But they're we're sad the hunks. hunks. I don't know really the okay, story of the Iron Claw, say. but I feel like it's about really sad hunks. <laughs> it is. I saw. I read the behind the scene. I read the story. It's a real life story. It's not coming out good. But I'm just saying we're still we're still hunked up. We're still hunked up. But we're not hunked up in a Marvel way. You're right. But then even oh my god, I even forgot about Paul Mescal. How did he get his Oscar nomination? Being a sad dad, two sad dads in a row. Are no nepo non hunks. Wow, we love our no nepo. Is this the backlash to nepo where we're saying no nepo? And his new movie is about like sad gay guys. I haven't seen it yet, but we're saying Madam Web, take this, take this, Madam Web. Did you see this coming? I don't think so. Kill me. <laughs> I can't believe we have so many months of making fun of Madam Web before Madam Web even appears in theaters. The hooligan who tweeted the Madam Web poster and added. The caption, which I cannot stop thinking about. It's so funny. I want to make sure that I got it right. I know what I know exactly what you're gonna say. It wasn't a hooligan. Kyle Amato. Actually, he might be a hooligan. He does follow Who Weekly, so I'm gonna say he's a hooligan, but I follow him in Letterbox too. Tweeted the photo of Dakota Johnson on the Madam Web poster and said, Resting Ish Bull face. And I like it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Okay, but the one I sent you was pretty funny too, where it's Dakota Johnson's face and the caption is like when you introduce two of your friends and they get along. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, what's the what does the poster say? It's the poster oh, says something. Her, That's why it makes her it web funny. connects them all. <laughs> I didn't even notice that part. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Her web connects them all is such a funny <gasps> Oh, God. Oh, my God. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. When are we seeing um, anything but you? They had the first press screening. If we somehow get fortunate enough to land an invite to an early screening of this, I don't want to go. I want to go first time with packed house and and yeah yeah and see like, it with my friends. Like okay, fine, let's go. What? No, so we'll see it on December twenty seventh, December twenty sixth. Can you wait like five days? Yeah, well, Crimbo Limbo, that's like when everybody's back in town. Or like, you know, yeah. the true heads are in town, like in between Christmas and New Year's. Will you wait for me? I just, it comes out on the 22nd, so you may have to just wait until the 26th, 27th. I'll wait. I gotta see anyone but you. <laughs> With my friends. Okay, can you play the next call, please? Anthony and Hugh Jackman. <sighs> Crunch, crunch. I would love this to be true so much. I know. I would do so much for this to be true. Not because I'm a stan of either of these people, Anthony and Hugh Jackman, Anthony Porowski and Hugh Jackman, but because it's a hilarious pairing. It's so funny. Two sudden breakups, Anthony with his fiance and Hugh Jackman with his longtime wife. What if they're dating? <laughs> But here's the thing. The rumor started on 
TikTok from literally nothing. Actually, the rumor started from them both being at the Jets game mm-hmm. with Taylor Swift. Months okay? ago. Months and ago. And Hugh Jackman was there. Months ago. And Hugh Jackman was there because he's friends with Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds is there because his wife is Taylor Swift's best friend. <laughs> right. And Anthony was there because he's good friends with Taylor Swift. So, like, that's the connection. And people are going off of that only with various kind of liars saying little things like, I saw them at a restaurant. Or I saw whatever. them at a coffee shop. I've true. known. Right. So to me, I'm saying don't believe it, don't believe it until literally yesterday, okay? I see something that fully makes me believe it. And I sent it to you this morning. This is from In Touch. Hugh Jackman is romancing his Broadway co-star Sutton Foster after separating from his wife. Their romance is an open secret on Broadway, tattles a snitch who says Hugh and Sutton grew close as they co- when they co-starred in the revival of the classic musical The Music Man for more than a year until January 2023. Another source insists the 55-year-old hunk has been besotted with Sutton from the moment he met her. He followed her around like a little puppy. Now see... <laughs> now, now see, see that, that? What this is, is evidence giving, of... He's what dating this Anthony. is evidence of is not that Hugh Jackman is dating it. Anthony, it's that his publicist is really pissed about this rumor bubbling up Spiraling. and is like, we need to yeah. counter this rumor mill. Yeah. This is the funniest. This is the funniest thing to see, like, the day after I put this in the doc, you know, being like, we should address this Hugh Jackman rumor because it's so funny, because it's so ridiculous, yeah. you know? Then I'm seeing this and I'm saying, oh, hmm, hmm, hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hmm. I'm trying to think of like what this could be analogous to. It's sort of like, what if a celebrity was canceled for doing something? Maybe nothing like violent, but still misbehavior canceled. And their publicist is like, we Mm -hmm. have to cover this up with something. And it's like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And then it's sort of like, oh, let's get them to go to dinner with someone hilarious oh, let's get them to go to dinner with, like, Hannah Gadsby. That'll solve the problem. And it's like, wait. <laughs> oh, ex-Liberty spotted at Carbone with Hannah Gadsby. Hannah Gadsby. And it's like, wait a minute. If anything ever happens to me in the press, I want you to call in touch and say that I was out to dinner with Hannah Gadsby <laughs> and you spotted it. Just to throw them off the scent. I don't know what the scent is, but just throw them off. Lindsay's canceled and I instantly call in touch. I'm like, you will not believe these blurry photos that I took of Lindsay Weber. She was at Sailor Sailor last night in Clinton Hill with Hannah Gadsby. Doing what? I don't know. Romantic? No. (laughs) Hanging out? Maybe. What were they doing? It doesn't matter. They were together. They were together there. And I'll let you take that how you will. Hugh Jackman's six eggs lady publicist being like, we have to get this out of the news. Tell them that he's fucking Sutton Foster. Like, are you out of your mind? Who's a woman who's nearby? Name a woman. It's so name a woman. It's literally name a woman. Shout out to Billy Eichner. Name a woman. Sutton Foster. What? (laughs) Anyway. You know how else I know this isn't true? What? Because it ended up on Domois. Yeah, fair. <laughs> There's a certain singing Harry superhero recently announced his divorce after 20 years of marriage. Who else has just separated from her husband? His Broadway leading lady. Coincidence? I don't think so. It's like, I see right through you, Six Eggs Lady publicist. I know what you're trying to do. I'm sorry, a Harry singer? Harry superhero. <laughs> a Harry oh. superhero. <laughs> okay.
Hey, Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, I was just having a uh, weirdly um, challenging uh, discussion uh, with my boyfriend. We were trying to figure out um, who is the most normal, regular-looking male celebrity, just a regular-looking dude. Just oddly difficult to come up with examples of regular-looking dude celebrities because even, like, regular-looking dudes, they're kind of weird-looking, regular-looking dudes, right? Um, So I would love if you guys could tell me who are the most regular-looking dude celebrities, who celebrities. I feel like thems are kind of out of the equation, and it's got to be who's, but is there just a normal-looking, regular guy them, or would they all be who's? I don't know. Please advise. Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, Avia Tiangin, Crunch Crunch. Love you guys. Uh, bye. This is a great, and I love that the caller did so much, like, work. Thinking, Yeah. It, it can't be a them because a them is, I think, definitionally not regular looking because they are them. They look because like they a famous person. Because they look like somebody that people yes. know. Right. And like you're like, oh, you're famous. Like you don't look to me. My perception has created that you don't look like normal man. So you have to go character actor who I think. Someone who plays the everyman. And I have someone, but I want to know who you have. I don't have anyone. I think I have the ultimate looks like anyone. Okay. He's played the guy in about a million movies and tv shows for like 30 years and that guy who's just a guy is michael pena oh my god michael pena tell me i'm wrong michael pena michael pena is always just like the guy the normal dad i'm just a cop i'm just the friend like even in like bigger things he's like the guy what i like about this is he's not like it's not like he's unattractive like and he's not weird about like because most like normal people are like pretty attractive in some way you know like they're you know like that's what i'm saying like everyone has like an attractive thing about them or whatever but like you're right because it's he's just very like every man but he also doesn't have he has that could did I go to high school with this guy look maybe like why do I recognize him there are some people I think you'd be you'd be uh, inclined to use where you're like no you're just kind of making fun of the way he look you just think he's weird looking and you were saying this while the call was playing and there's a difference between kind of funny looking like a Steve Buscemi which I'm saying I'm quoting Fargo he's iconically quote kind of funny looking there's a difference between that and just a guy who's the most regular looking guy and I kind of think that's him. <laughs> and I know that I'm thinking about this from an American perspective. And obviously that people who are in different continents are going to say different things. But this is me as the host of Weekly. This is a regular American guy. Right. It's like, it's really just the Isn't the he a Scientologist? Thing... I'm trying to get ahead yeah. of the calls. You, Isn't he like in famously might... a Scientologist? That's what I said. I said that earlier. Yeah. And you kind of Oh, sorry. I missed it. it. It's like, okay. The point is, is that. It can't be somebody significantly weird or noticeably different looking because that the idea is that's not a normal looking celebrity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, BLT. I'm not sure if Julia Stiles is a who or a them, but what is she promoting right now? Like she was on SNL this week. She's doing like reenactments of her speech from 10 Things I Hate About You. But as far as I can tell, like she's not in anything new coming out. I just... 
what why is like Julia Julia Roberts Julia Stiles on like a media tour right now? Can you investigate? Thanks so much, Crunch Crunch. I don't think she's promoting anything. I think Chloe Fineman just wanted to do a sketch about Save the Last Dance. But did you notice she also was at some other thing reading the the speech from Ten Things I Hate About You? Oh no, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. It was a book festival or something. Okay. And she read the poem. Again, I don't know. She's definitely not promoting anything, but also remember when no, we saw her not. at I think she's just around. I think maybe she's doing this stuff because she isn't promoting anything and she has time. And she's also, which yeah. I didn't realize until very recently, we talked about this in the Patreon. We I didn't realize she's kind her. of a woman about town in New York City. She is, and we didn't recognize her when we were in the same room with her, and we'll never live it down and we'll never fucking live it down. We'll never live it down. I could have talked to Julia Stiles about her fucking highlights in in the Born Supremacy, but I didn't even know she was there. I didn't even know she was there. She really, she she really like did. She said these two would recognize a celebrity, and she said I'm gonna be normal, and we didn't. She looked normal. Yeah. She gave normal woman. She gave normal woman. She it was did crazy. Give she normal gave normal woman. woman. Oh my God, TJ and Amy look cozy in the cold during New York City outing photos. You know who doesn't look They're like in. regular person? TJ or Amy. <laughs> TJ or Amy. <laughs> Got him scrolling through Deadline. You know who kind of looked like a normal guy? And I think this is why everyone loved him and he was a character actor. Oh, now it's sad. Andre Brower. He was kind of like oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Guy's guy. Just a guy. Likeable regular guy. Yeah. R.I.P. I'm looking through Timmy's list. I think Michael Sarah is wrong. No, he's wrong. Because we're not talking about, and that's what I think we need to get to the thing here. We're not just talking about people who look distinct or not attractive to you. Because again, that's subjective or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that I think Michael Sarah is not attractive. I do. But he also gave Jesse Eisenberg and I'm like, I, he, he, he looks like us. We've had, a, we have a lot of celebrities that look like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There, a weekly call-in show. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on Patreon.com slash weekly for bonus episodes of Discord server, commentary tracks, and more. Oh, we got to record a Family Stone commentary soon. Won't that be fun? Well, we do. We literally do. I'm so excited. It'll drop before Christmas. What else? Thank you to Katie and Eric of the Who's for providing our Rita theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. And you can also get the audio-only, audio-only of the VIP show on Apple Podcasts. Just click subscribe within the Apple Podcasts app. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. She gave normal woman. She gave normal woman. It was crazy. She gave normal woman. Lindsay and Bobby, how dare you fucking slander Kate McRae's name on this fucking podcast here on a Tuesday morning? There are tater tots out here, and we are here. We are queer. We are representing our girl, Kate McRae. Um... Yes, she had come out of nowhere. My boyfriend just eye-rolled and said, oh, my God, as I'm making this phone call, by the way. He's also a tater tot, just in case you were curious. Um, yeah, don't slander Tate McRae. Um, you must listen to Run for the Hills. I know it's a very short song, but it's a tanger.mp3.com. So I think you should take a little bit of a deeper look at the album. Um, also, let Timmy take a better look at the album and then report back. Okay, crunch, crunch. Um, tater tots unite. Women do belong in balloons. Tater tots do not belong in balloons. Crunch, crunch. Me inside. Me inside Tate McRae's. Uh, me inside Tate McRae's fucking um, uh, 
new album. Bye. Hi, Bobby, Lindsay, Timmy. Um, you guys were talking about the Tuesday show about how you couldn't get a read for how famous Pentatonix is. And I am a school teacher and we all recently received an email that no more staff could call out next Thursday because already 12 people out of about a 26 person staff had called out because they were going to be gone due to a pentatonix concert. Um, they actually had to reschedule state testing and it was kind of a big deal. Um, all because of a pentatonix concert. So I don't know if that gives a vibe on how popular pentatonix are, but apparently amongst elementary educators, they are super duper popular. Anyways, crunch crunch. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I had to pause the pod while you're talking about Billy Porter's, um, dog custody battle. Um, and you're talking about how parents um, or divorcees sometimes get more passionate about their animal custody than their human child custody. And I had to call in because my younger sibling um, exists because my parents could not decide um, who would get our golden retriever in the divorce. Um, they were like considering separation, all of that, and then decided to go through um couples counseling and mediation because they couldn't decide where our golden retriever Casey should live. Um, and as a part of that couples counseling, I guess they rekindled whatever they had going on. And my younger sibling was conceived. Um, and then my parents got divorced <laughs> um, after our dog passed away. Um, the dog was the sticking point. They could not split up while we had um, the dog in the picture, I guess. My brother or my sibling and I um we were fine to share custody, but um, the golden retriever was the sticking point. So, anyway, um, crunch, crunch, live and live your laptop. Bye. Uh, I'm a few episodes behind, but I just had to call in because <laughs> the whole time y'all were talking about Ariana Maddox being Roxy in Chicago. For some reason, I was thinking it was Ariana Huffington, and it took me a really long time to realize that, no, it's not the Huffington Post woman who also is really into sleep now, just suddenly doing a a turn on Broadway. Anyway, um, maybe she should. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Uh, so I was just at Starbucks, and as I was leaving, uh, I heard a barista say to her coworker, do you think the Grinch is a who? And of course I stopped in my tracks because I thought I found a hooligan in the wild, but no. She said it in the mean, sorry, she said it in the way is the Grinch from Whoville or not. So yeah, y'all broke my brain. Thanks. Uh, just want to share that. Doming holes.